Graduates Conversations podcast. Hi, thanks for tuning in. My name is Fatih and I'm the host of the Conversations podcast powered by All Graduates Interpreting and Translating Services. I really hope you're enjoying our podcasts. Please make sure to subscribe to our channels. You can find us on YouTube, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and Spotify. Now, if you have any topics you'd like me to cover, or if you have any guests you'd like me to interview, please send me an email with your ideas. My email address is fatih at allgraduates.com.au. That's fatih, F-A-T-I-H, at allgraduates.com.au. Thanks again, and enjoy today's episode. Hello and welcome to another episode of Conversations. Uh, today I have with me Haley Armstrong, who's the current managing editor of Ozit's In Touch magazine, and uh, joining us all the way from Guadalajara in Mexico. Hello, Haley. How are you? Good, thank you. How are you? Good, thank you. And thank you so much for taking the time to join me today. I know that um, uh, we finally managed to get the time right so it's not too late for you and it's not too early for me so thank you very much how are things going in Mexico uh very well thanks I mean same as everywhere else at the moment we're in um social distancing and all of that but life seems to have taken on a new normal as they're calling it here and in addition to your translation work, and I just want to mention that you have your own business, um, you're currently based in Guadalajara, Mexico, you're already a very successful businesswoman. And on top of that, now you've got this um, lovely new responsibility of being the new managing editor of In Touch magazine. How's that going for you? Um, it's been exciting and a learning curve, which has been great. It is an area that I've had an interest in for quite a while. And um, so it's very exciting to be to have been given the opportunity to take on the role and, and learn a whole new area that's related to, but not necessarily part of normal translation work. Um, have you had this kind of experience before? I mean, where does the curiosity come from of wanting to manage this uh, magazine? Oh, good question. I think I just have an interest in the publishing world in general. I'm, I'm a bit of an avid reader. I usually have a few books on the go at once and, and would like to um, have more involvement with, the, with literary translation. So far I've been mainly business or, or legal um, translating or interpreting as well. Um, and so it is just an area that interests me on a personal level and and why not take it on a professional level at the same time <laughs> if um, the opportunity is there. How long has the magazine been around for? That is a good question. I actually don't know. Um, but as far as I, I've been a member of for quite a long time, since about 2007, and... Um, you know, it's at least a few numbers. I should look that up. <laughs> no, because, no, I tried to looking at the, the previous issues online and it just kept going. Yeah, I think it's been quite a few years because it used to, um, I'd like, it used to show up in a paper version in my Mexican <laughs> mailbox and that was quite a few years ago. So it's it's got to have been at least 10 years and if not more. 
I used to also enjoy very much getting it, getting it in the in the, in the plastic A4 sheet and opening yeah. it up for the first <laughs> time. You know, we can't really do that these days with a, a lot of magazines. Um, we'll talk about what kind of platforms uh, the magazines available on a little bit later. Um, sure. So, is this a do you, do you have to be an Ozit member to become the managing editor? I mean, how did you hear about this? What happened? Who was our previous editor? Uh, the previous managing editor was Melissa McMahon. Uh, she she um, was in a team with Helen Sturgis and mine. I'm, I've forgotten mine's surname right now, but they were working as a team for the last three years or so, and Melissa McMahon has now... Um, moved on to a similar position at Nati actually. Oh. And um, she has done, she did a, both her and Helen have done a really good job of sort of initiating me <laughs> into the whole um, publication process. And um, the way I found out about it, yes, you do have to be an Ozit member to be, um, to take on this role and also to be in the publishing, the editorial committee. There's a a committee um, attached to the magazine that helps with um, sourcing articles and contacting people for um, who might be interested in contributing articles. Um, so they sent out an e-flash basically advertising the position that um, Melissa had, which is this role, the managing editor, and um, I applied. <laughs> Very good. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Um, let's talk about the contributions. I mean, how do people contribute? What kind of, can anyone contribute? So, yeah, anyone can contribute. You don't have to be an Ozip member to write an article. Um, they can contact either me or Helen, which are emails are on the website. Um, they're easy to remember too. It's, um, oh, now I'm going to forget it. <laughs> Helen's one is editor at ozip.com. Org, and mine is in touch at um, was it dot org? Makes sense. No, um, so yeah, if you contact either of us or or you know even just the Ozit office, that'll send us through. <laughs> it'll 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 find your it'll way to you. Find us eventually. <laughs> um, so, what kind of articles can uh, we expect to find in in touch? Um, we have a couple of regular columns. Um, so one of them, sort of one general theme is practitioner stories. So anything interesting that's happened uh, to someone who works in the translation and interpreting industry. Um, they're usually interesting because it's, um, you know, lots, it's sometimes almost unbelievable what can happen to you, I guess, especially in interpreting type roles. And it's just interesting to share that, those stories with um, colleagues. And so that's one of the sort of regular themes. Another regular column that Melissa McMahon started up was um, the three quick questions. So um, we contact someone who's not necessarily a practitioner. It's more someone who's involved or works with translators and interpreters and ask them three quick questions that they can answer easily about what it is that they look for in, when they're working with interpreters or translators and what it is, you know, 
sort of it depends a bit on on the person, but something relevant to the to work they're doing with translators and interpreters. Can, can you give me an example? Who was our three questions asked for for this issue? Yeah, so the, I'm just I've got the issue out now. <laughs> the the person interviewed for the last three quick questions was Nina Stripathy, who is the administer who works at the Administrative Appeals Tribunal. She's a lawyer and a member of the migration ATT. Sorry, AAT Migration and Refugee Division. Yeah, I had a I had a read of that. Um, I, I like it how it's from the perspective of the of the service provider, and uh, yeah. you know talks about the importance of having an interpreter, but also what interpreters should be looking out for, and some of mm -hmm. the challenges they might be facing, and what kind of strategies. Um, they could implement for that to have the most optimum outcome for all parties involved. So I, I found those uh, three questions very useful. Thank you. Yeah, it is, a, it is a good idea because it is sometimes hard to know what people's perspectives are from outside your own um, field or your own um, set of colleagues. So, yeah, I think it is a useful regular column that we've got there. I, I also think that, you know, being an interpreter and a translator can be quite lonely most of the time. Mm -hmm. And especially these days when we're all stuck at home and either doing telephone interpreting or video interpreting, especially if you're in Victoria, um, some of the other states may have eased it a little bit, but generally mm -hmm. around the world, um, it's become even more solitary. And to have, I think, some kind of, a, especially a social outlet as well, uh, like this magazine, you know, to be able to flick through something and go, hang on, I'm not the only one. There are mm -hmm. people out there like me and um, it's really good to read their stories and have a look at different perspectives. Um, and I, I also really enjoyed how it has an artistic side as well. Um, yeah. You know, it's not just news about the interpreting world. Tell me a little bit more about this artistic side of it, which I really enjoyed. Uh, well, that's where um, one of the articles in the previous issue actually was uh, submitted by Jean Burke. Um, she is an interpreter, I think a health interpreter, and she, um, I guess, relieves her stress with art. She's also an artist. So she we she sent us a few of her art engravings, engravings, I think they're called, and some poetry that she's written. And I, I thought that was that was exciting, you know, like um, that was a lot of fun. And then there was also another article submitted um, by a literary translator who um, she basically described her story, how she got involved in literary translation and where it's taken her and, and the journey involved along with a couple of poems that she's translated from Polish. So um, it is a nice mix to sort of combine the news aspect or the industry news with practical tips on how to improve or, or professional development along with yeah, as you say, the more artistic side. Definitely. You know, I, I've seen some uh, industrial uh, or industry-focused um, magazines where it just, the focus is just on the industry news and, mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't really provide some, uh, you know, some kind of uh, a literary side. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, especially because I was going to interview you, I went through this final issue uh, in a more thorough way than I did with the mm -hmm. previous issues and I said, actually, this is a really good magazine. This is not just giving me information about our industry. It's not just, you know, ticking boxes to say, oh, I've gotten in touch with this person, with this person. This is actually a really, really good read. So thank oh, you. Oh, thank you. Thank you and <laughs> I'll everyone pass that involved. On.
Oh, please, definitely. Um, so, look, I'm an OSIT member and I get access to the latest uh, issue straight away as soon as it's published, I guess. I mean, how does that work? Um, do you have to be an OSIT member to read the, read the magazine? So to read the latest issue, yeah, you do need to be an OSIT member and it's available through the OSIT website. Um, there's a few formats that you can read it in. Um, the layout is tailored to um, a PDF version. But you can also read it on um, your tablet or your phone in a flipbook version, um, which Helen also, so Helen is the other editor I should have said earlier too. There's two of us working, we're co-editors. And she is in charge of all of the layout and artistic side of the <laughs> of setting it out. And so she adapts it as well to a platform called Issue, which is I-S-S-W-U-U, -U. <laughs> like a vacuum. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just realised it sounded like W. Anyway, um, so there is an app you can download onto your device um, to make it easy to look at. But um, I, I think we will be possibly looking into other options too to try and because there are other platforms that are a bit um, more, what's the word, uh, common, common or people might already have it on their device. Uh, so, look, um, we, we're not uh, in the advertising <laughs> business here, but we, let's just go and say it. I mean, there's Kindle Kobo that's widely used. I know that yeah. my, my wife is an avid user of Kobo and she's got thousands of books on there and, like yourself, can read multiple books at the same time. <laughs> I probably read a, a book every five years. I just usually watch. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, can watch I can watch multiple movies at the same time, trust me. Oh, there um, you go. I can't do that. <laughs> um, so with the... Uh, the platform you're currently so currently you can access it on the Ozit website, um, mm -hmm. and also you're saying issue, which is I S U U. It's an app. I S S U U. Oh, I S S U U. I S U U. Yeah. With that one, so how does how does the actual platform uh, understand that you're a member or a non-member? I mean, how does how does it differentiate? So, as 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 a non-member, I can access previous issues, right? That's a good point, actually, on the issue platform. You might have found a loophole I'll have to investigate. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we might have free access uh, <laughs> to, the, to the latest issue here, uh, latest issue on issue. Um, <laughs> I so think, I don't know, I'll have to double-check because I, I think you might have asked for a sign-in or a password of some sort, but, yeah, I will have to double-check that now. Uh, <laughs> You heard it here, folks. Uh, <laughs> get on the app and see what you can do. Um, but uh, how, how often does the magazine come out? So it comes out three times a year. Uh, the publishing dates are the 1st of August, the 1st of December and the 1st of April. Um, yeah. And um, what was I going to say? It was to do with the... The layout. Oh, in the in the flipbook version on the issue site, there's two options too. So you can either see it more or less as a PDF layout, where you kind of have to, you know, zoom in and out, or there is a button too that I discovered recently where you can make, read it as a blog format, which oh, okay. people might find useful. I you know that option. So. I downloaded it onto my tablet um, a couple of days ago, and I really mm -hmm. enjoy how you can just. You know, flip it, yeah. Flip it over. I did. I did really like that, to be honest with you. Um, and uh, the thing with the, the the membership, I guess, four months is quite a long time. And it is, if, yeah. If you want to wait for the free version, you'd have to 
wait four months and that might mean that some of the articles may be a little bit uh, stale by then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, look, some of them are ageless uh, and, and I guess you can, you can read those um, at any given time over and over again, but some of them might be quite important to uh, read at, at the, the same time. time the yeah, we do try and keep it topical as well. So, uh, yeah, often by four months, it, some of the information might be a bit old news. <laughs> um, is it, uh, I think, uh, Oz, its membership for this year was uh, half price because of the current COVID situation. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, so there you go, folks. You can get onto the Ozit membership, and it's not just to, to support the industry. It's a great investment, even apart from from the magazine. There's lots of benefits to being an Ozit member. So indeed, yeah. but I think the magazine is also an added value as well now. <laughs> um, and look, I don't think uh, it might not even be the case that a lot of Ozit members, let alone non-members, know that the magazine exists. To be honest with you. Yeah. Well, um... I, I was always aware of it for a while, but mainly because I was surprised it would make it all the way to my Mexican um, mailbox because um, sometimes the mail system here is a little bit slow. Um, so I was getting it like four months late for a while. <laughs> oh, wow. So your your news must have been like that eight months late. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I was a member, so oh, I would get it okay. sent straight away. But, yeah, it did still be four months late because of the mail system, which is why when it came out on the electronic version, I'm like, yes, electronic. Very good. Uh, so, folks, um, get on there and be a member and read the magazine. It is a beautiful read. Uh, trust me. Um can you give me some highlights from the current issue? Because this is your first issue that you've uh, yeah. edited, right? So, yes, I came, I started uh, in the role. So we had a phase in, phase out stage. So Melissa stayed on board to help me learn the ropes and along with Helen, who is continuing to work in her co-editing role. And um, so I came on board halfway through the publication cycle. And um, and now I'm learning the first part of the next the next cycle. Um, the main highlights, the theme that we saw was recurrent throughout many of the articles was to do with uh, 2020, basically throwing crises at everyone continuously. So uh, we had topics or articles around COVID, working in, under conditions uh, to do with COVID. 19 and uh, the bushfire response. Mm. Uh, so that included things like there was an article about working in the classroom virtually that, you know, people teaching translation and interpreting. Uh, Black Lives Matter was a movement that happened around that period too. So there are all these things that are happening. happening. And the theme was um, uh, business in a time of crises, I think is what we put. So, yeah. Well, can you give us a little bit of an insight on what we might get in the next issue? Or is that well, top secret? <laughs> yeah, top secret. No, there are, we're still in the process of collecting submissions. So if any of your listeners would like to contribute, we'd be happy to hear from you. The, the deadline for submissions is the 1st of October. Um, but it is looking like it might end up being another issue sort of the trifecta you know of, of 2020 crisis ceiling but um we'll we'll yet to see it if the what theme comes about but uh at the moment uh some 
some uh, articles that are coming in uh, to do with, now I've got to remember. <laughs> um, there is one, one we're looking at having a movie review. So I don't know. There, there's a translation-related movie coming out. Um, the translators. September, actually. The translators, yeah. So there might be a review of that. Um, what else is there? There's... Because some of them, a lot of it too does depend a little bit on, on what comes in. Um, Can I ask you, do you have plenty of contributions coming in? Uh, are you ever stuck for articles or contributions? From what Melissa and Helen told me at the, at the start of the cycle, often they feel a bit like, oh, we haven't got enough. And by the end, they often have a bit too much. So <laughs> some sometimes articles do get uh, deferred onto the next, the ones that aren't time sensitive sometimes do go onto the next issue. Um, so it does does depend a little bit on what the topic is, but um, we're always happy to consider contributions and and we try and include as many as possible. Uh, very good. So let's just repeat again: if you have anything to contribute, and it could be your experiences, it could be something that's um, art related, could be anything really. Um, so contact yourself. Uh, yep. and your email was in touch at ozit.org, mm -hmm. okay, or, or it was editor at ozit.org for Helen. Yeah, that's Helen's one, yeah. Yep. So <laughs> either one of those will do. Send it your way. I'm also going to put the website um, on the description of the episode. So if you click Great. on the – if you're watching us on YouTube or if you're listening to us on one of the podcast channels, just click on the description and I'll put your email address there as well. So if they – if anyone wanted to contribute or if they wanted to ask you a question, they can um, reach you sure. there. Yeah. We'd be, yeah, very happy to hear from you. <laughs> um, so you're doing this all the way from the other side of the planet. Mm -hmm. Okay, you're doing this from yesterday because... <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm behind in time. You're in our yesterday. <laughs> I'm time traveller. Who says time travel doesn't exist? <laughs> And I tell you, future in Victoria is uh, quite bleak, okay? So <laughs> uh, the, the, the future is um, unfortunately uh, not, as, not as bright and shiny as it may be uh, usually. Um, so all the way from Mexico, you're doing this. Uh, you're also running your own business, and I believe it's quite a busy business. Um, mm -hmm. And you've just uh, become a parent as well, How, well, not that recently. She's three and a half. She's daughter, three and yeah. a half, three and a half. So <laughs> quite a handful running around. Yeah. She so, um she ensures they have forced um, downtime from work. <laughs> Part-time mum, we have to go now. So juggling all these responsibilities, um, how, does it, how does it work for you? Are you able to, because uh, I'm sure you do a lot of work in Australia as well, that makes for a very, very long working day. Well, yeah, actually, in terms of translation, most of my clients have been either Mexican or US-based. Uh, so until recently, until taking on this role, really, I wasn't so divided over um, time zones. Uh, and I usually, I have a co-working office uh, that I recently started, like in the last, it actually opened right just before COVID started. <laughs> so the, <laughs> that was unfortunate timing for them. They had to shut down for a month or two and um, now they've reopened. Um, so, yeah, I usually go there to work more efficiently and get done sooner so that I can play with my three-year-old. 
but yeah, it, um, since taking on the, this role at the magazine, it has meant some nighttime work. Um, so I'm still adapting to that a little bit, but um, life, I think, is always a bit of a juggling act anyway. And um, in terms of downtime too, although it's busy, I also lead, <laughs> this is how, I lead a bit of a double life. I'm also a professional muso on the side. So um, <laughs> I guess it, it's a good balance because, as you say, the translators and interpreters are often a bit isolated or working on their own a lot. And um, for me, the music work really does balance it out in terms of it's the total opposite <laughs> end of the spectrum. It's performing and being involved with people. So, I mean, not so much at the moment with COVID, so, but yes. What kind of music? Uh, well, being in Mexico, it's mariachi music, of course. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm going to I'm going to add a little bit of mariachi music to, oh, to this sure. podcast. I think. <laughs> and now for a musical break from Haley's band, Mariachi Tequileño. Um, I would love to love to see you in a mariachi outfit one day too. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure that can happen. We can. <laughs> <laughs> and do you come visit in Australia, or you you just you just gone to Mexico and that's it? Yeah, no, I do go back and forth. So under no, normal circumstances, I try to spend three to four months of the year in Australia. Um, but, yes, at the moment I'm not sure when I'll next be able to <laughs> come visit. Well, uh, hopefully when you're here next we can catch up and have a coffee and may, maybe do this in person. That would be lovely. Uh, because I look forward to having you on again um, at least three times a year to talk about uh, every issue that is being published. Sure. That would uh, be wonderful. So when can we accept, expect the next issue to be published? The next issue is due out at the start of December, officially on the 1st of December, although sometimes it's a day or two either side. Um, so, yeah, sometime early December, I'd be happy to talk again. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Um, I will be one of your first readers and uh, <laughs> hopefully it might be available on other platforms as well by then, if not in the near future. Um, and uh, I look forward to talking to you again. Thank you so much for your time, Hayley. Thanks very much for having me. All Graduates Conversations Podcast.